0: So
1: now, are you buying or selling that the Lightning is the best team in the NHL? I know you're buying they're the best team, especially after they won their 50th game Tuesday against Toronto, coming back from a 3-0 deficit. They beat the Maple Leafs 4-3. But I also know you're selling your tickets to Maple Leaf fans. And they turn Emily Arena into Air Canada Center again. My goodness. I know they're wearing the same colors, but, man, did you notice all the Toronto fans in the building on Tuesday night? I'm going to get to the game in a minute, but I'm starting with you, Tampa Bay fan. And it's not just hockey, although right now you're the biggest offenders. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Verstick. And welcome to Sports Day Tampa Bay. We do this each and every week, Monday through Friday. Before we get to today's podcast, I want to tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30 day trial membership. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this show, you'll get a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com. That's spelled A U D I B L E trial.com/sportsday to take advantage of the deal. That's audibletrial.com/sportsday for a free 30day trial and a free audiobook. All right, as Steve, at the risk of sounding like get off my lawn guy, here I go. First of all, my disclaimer, I'm a one percenter. You know what that means? I'm one of the percent of the people that you meet in Tampa Bay that was actually born here. I'm a native, born in St. Pete. Living in Pinellas County at about 02, been in loots ever since. So, excuse me if I don't understand what it was like growing up and rooting for the Yankees or the Mets or uh, Red Sox or the Packers or the Giants or the Cowboys or the Red Wings or the Blackhawks or, yes, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Since most of the Can- Canadian fans are down here anyway during the spring. Some of them live here, six-month residents, and others are watching the Blue Jays play. But regardless... Uh, when I was growing up here, that's how long ago it was, there was just the Rowdies. <laughs> that's that's all there was. So, all that being said, I want you to know that I don't care how you spend your money. Go to the game, stay home, don't watch. Doesn't affect me one way or the other. Um, having said all that, and we'll, again, we're going to get to the Lightning's game and I'm going to upstage what they did because it was a terrific comeback down 3-0. The comeback, they went 4-3. to We'll get into all that here in just a minute. But, When I was watching, I was watching from home. Now, the the one game that I've gone to this year was also against Toronto, and I didn't notice there were that many Toronto fans until they scored. And they scored first in that game. They scored the first three times in this one. But even from TV, that place went bananas when Toronto scored its first goal. And I was, I don't know, I was taken aback again. And I typically this, you know, I've been going to games and covering games, whether it was with the Bucs back in the days when they lost and, the Packers and the Bears—the only time they'd have a sellout at the old Houlihan's or Tampa Stadium was when the Bears or the Packers were in town. So I get all that, but I watched that sort of, you know, change and then change back again. And now the Bucks are trying to do something about it, which we'll get into. And now, but but I was just thinking to myself, Steve, that like here's a team, you know, and, and granted they play, you know, what forty something games, forty two games or whatever at home, and not not eight that matter like like the Bucks do. Um, But even that said, here's a team that's the best in the NHL. I mean, by any definition right now, points, lead the Atlantic Division, lead hockey, you know, in in line for the President's Cup, best record, whatever, they're the best team. And it has to be so disheartening, so disheartening to be playing at this level this late in the season and Toronto comes in here and it turns into the Air Canada Center. It just – has to suck. And, you know, these guys are performers and it's supposed to be home ice advantage. And I understand the arguments and, and, and I know we're going to talk about it. And you have your viewpoint, which is which I kind of disagree with a little bit at times, but you know, the Bucks are getting in trouble for trying to do something about this. I think that that the Lightning have to figure out what to do about this. And I don't know that there's an easy answer. But it's got to be hard to be a, a Lightning player and say, holy cow, you know, what, what what do we have to do to keep Lightning fan from selling their four or five tickets a year to Blackhawk fan or Ranger fan or, or Detroit Red Wing fan or Toronto fan or Montreal fan so that they can pay for the rest of their season tickets for the year? What do we have to do? And I don't know who's going to figure it out, but if I'm Jeff Venig, I'm putting somebody in charge of that at least at least in terms of the lower area, behind the glass, all of that. Um, and they can chart these things. They can track these things. You know, the Bucs are getting some bad press because they've you know, told some longtime season tick holders they've charted how many tickets they sell during the year, and sometimes there seems to be a good reason, and sometimes there's not, but they're withholding their ability to buy season, ticket hold, season tickets because they see where they're, they're giving them away, and, and mostly to fans of other teams. But man, that had to be. There's got to be a part of you, Steve, that just says, you know, you just got to live with it. Or are you? Would you be discouraged if you were a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning?
0: I think there's part of both. I mean, you know, you're asking someone to buy 41 games a year, sure, over a six-month sure. period. You know what? There's going to mm-hmm. be people that can't go to all 41. Granted. So, and the Lightning have their own ticket exchange, which you can they, they do. encourage you that if you're going to sell your tickets, put it on their, their ticket exchange. So, one, they make some money off of it, but two, sure. so that pe- there's not fraud of ticket purchases and all this, so that you know they don't have problems with people buying they tickets. They want to control the secondary market. Sure. Yeah. So, they encourage you to do that if you need mm-hmm. to sell your tickets. And then That's if right. you sell a couple games, they're going to take it away from you? Yes. That's hypocritical.
1: No, well, no, it's not. I, I, I mean, for
0: instance, <laughs> we, we were texting back and forth tonight, and I said, you know, I said, so you're telling me I buy 41 games, and I can't make four games a year, and I sell them. You're going to take my tickets away for 10% of the games? I might.
1: I think what I would have to do is try to figure out who you sold them to. Now, that that, that might be harder than, than it Once sounds. Once you put
0: it on the secondary ticket exchange, you can't control it. You don't well, you don't get to just say. I can
1: chart those, though. I can, can figure chart. out where they're going. Well,
0: you can, I can figure out where that ticket. Every ticket has a
1: barcode. Every ticket has a fingerprint. You can, you can I can figure what, out who. But, who's um, handing that ticket in when they go through the
0: turnstile. I can figure that out. Yes, but once I put it on the ticket exchange, I have no control over who buys it. I have no control over who buys it. Uh, have you ever sold a ticket through StubHub or a ticket exchange or any of that? You list it; anyone can buy it. I have no idea who buys it when it's right.
1: Done. So therefore, I have to limit the amount of tickets that you actually sell.
0: Oh, okay, you can do that, but I mean, you know, in, in football, where there's or which games,
1: or 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 which games you sell them for. In other words, I, you can sell four games. Sell them to Florida. So don't you can't sell them for to Toronto. You can't sell them for Chicago. You can't sell them for. I mean, I'm. I'm know. I'm going to read the entire NHL because wh- who's not coming down here, right? Um, that's part of the problem that might be unique to hockey is that you know every hockey fans you know is from some place down here, and, and when their team comes, they want to go see them play. But there are certain teams that I would I would absolutely try try to keep you because you know you don't get this for every game. You get it for a lot of games though. Like me and Tom were trying to you know go back and forth as well as to like well. You know, get ready because that's half the NHL. But there's – you. I don't – look, and I don't have the answers. I don't. And I'm. I feel bad because this seems like an old – like I'm not – how do I say this? See, I don't think this is – I don't think this is a case where you're a Lightning fan, but you're from Toronto or Canada, and when the Maple Leafs come, you put on your Maple Leaf jersey and sit in the same seat. I don't think that's what we're talking about here. That might be more true with baseball, maybe. I don't know um there's probably a lot of yankee fans or red sox fans maybe that do that and the rest of the year they root although that's weird to me you're in the same damn division how you root for another team there are there are a
0: lot of season ticket holders that the lightning's their second favorite team
1: and that's probably true of a lot of areas like ours in arizona you have a transient community so not you know like i said one percent or not everybody's from here so they have a team they grew up with they still root for when they come here maybe but but i i think this is more than that i think this is it you know and again it's it's March like there's a lot of factors at play at least like tonight, but it's March and it's uh, six month residents people that live here half the time and live in Canada, a lot of people down here for spring training so it's it's kind of the perfect storm if you will, but having said all that there is something, I there's something that speaks to this market too, in that you can have the best and we're not talking about like even when the Bucks. The Bucks have always borrowed, you know, filled their stadium with fans from other teams. And, and yet, when they got really good, it was harder and harder, in fact, if not a damn impossible, to find a Green Bay jersey on Monday Night Football, you know, when they had the alleged 100,000-seat waiting list and all, and they were rolling. Um, now, you know, they're not rolling now, and they're trying to block, actively block people that sell their tickets. And again, we're talking about, you know, eight games that matter. They sell half of them, four of them, whatever the number is, you know, versus I, I get it. There's 42 home games and, and you don't, you know, you're punishing them for not going to one tenth of the game. All of that is, those are legitimate points. But I've got to figure this out if I'm Jeffrey Vinnick.
0: I've got to. I, I, I just can't. In my role, I engineer the radio broadcast, so I'm up in, in the press box. So, But mm-hmm. I've been to pretty much maybe one game I've missed in the last four seasons. I can tell you that. This year, last year, compared to four years ago, when those mm-hmm. teams come in, the Detroits, the Chicagos, there's a lot less fans than there used to be. There are, okay. Now, it doesn't mean there's not a lot, and, and, and it's an unscientific, just, you know, my reaction to the building. But, you know, I remember walking, you know, the, the when I started in the 14-15 season, every time it was Detroit or Chicago or Boston or whatever else, Phil Esposito's up there looking over, you know, the arena as a game starting going, how many red jerseys are there or yellow or whatever, and yeah, it's a lot. It, it's it's less. It's really enjoyable. noticeable when it's when it's, l- when it's, it's less dead. noticeable. Now, it's not to say there's not a lot. It's not to say. But I, I do think the tide is changing after four seasons of well, last year. They didn't make the playoffs, but very good hockey, best team in hockey, the way they play. I think there's a lot of it that I, it, it is turning. I, I don't maybe it's not as fast as you'd like. Maybe, you know, as soon as they're good, they it should never happen. You know how many tickets for tonight's game were sold before the season began? You know, that, like it was, know, it wasn't like they put it on the market last week as the best team in hockey going, I'm going to sell my tickets. How many of them were sold six months ago? I, I well, don't, I'm I don't sure. know the answer, but.
1: I mean, and Tom says it. And you've said it to me. I'm sure that these people, a lot of these people are like, look, I'm going to buy a season ticket and I'm selling my Toronto games or my Chicago games or my Detroit game. And that's going to pay for my entire mm-hmm. year. Oh, I yeah. get it. Like, I truly get that. That's a financial deal. Like, that's the way people just do business. I think it stinks. I I can't I mean I can't imagine that happening anywhere else, and the only reason it would happen is that these fans aren't passionate about enough about this team to even I mean do you think there's a Toronto fan they, look you pay a lot for tickets up there a lot more than you do down here you think you think there's people up there going you know if I sell it to Montreal game and I sell I can have my whole t- No, they don't. They just don't. I mean, there's there's probably such a demand for Toronto tickets by Toronto people that they can sell them to other Toronto fans.
0: But how many people? How many people now are saying, "Hmm, let's see, Boston's coming to town, or Toronto. I can sell a couple games tickets. Lightning are already in the playoffs, and that's going to pay for my playoff tickets."
1: I know why they do it. It's an economic thing. I get it. I just as a franchise, I want to prevent it. I want to stop it. I don't know how to stop it. I want to stop it because to me it says a couple things. One, we're an economically depressed area that we can't afford, you know, to either not go to the game and, and fill the pinch or sell them to somebody that I know is a Tampa Bay fan. There's not enough Tampa Bay fans to sell it to, that we have to sell them to Toronto fans or we have to jack the price up because it's Toronto. And there's so many Toronto fans that want to go to the game. So that that's indigenous to maybe this area because there's a lot of Canada people, whatever. But it also says something about the fan. It says something about the fan that that, you know, you can't find another lightning fan to sell it to. Well, okay. Does that well, make
0: sense? Uh, it does, but but if you're going to criticize the fan for making an economic decision, what about the teams who raise ticket prices year after year, even though their teams lose and they don't sell out? For instance, the okay, Bucks. Isn't, isn't that trying point? to follow you. Well, I, I'm saying fans make business decisions. The teams make business decisions. Why, why do the yeah, but fans it's get punished there, but for it's, making one? Well, the pans don't get punished. They don't have to well, go. They're taking their, the bucks, or not. If taking you don't the like, if away. you
1: don't like the bucks raising season ticket prices, is a very easy thing to do. Don't go. I got sure. look. I have got good friends of mine, and the bucks just raised it for the third straight year, and a good friend of mine's had it from twenty years. For the first time, is mm-hmm. saying, you know what? After last season, five and eleven, I'm tired. No playoffs sure. in ten years. I'm going to give them up. The hell with them. And you know what? That's I have no problem with that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. – but but teams teams are always – you know, not always, but teams are – the prices are never going down, okay? Oh, sure, sure. Uh, The cost of the players are going up. You know, this whole – we put $100 million into the stadium, so you have all these pops and buzzers and amenities. The fan's going to pay for that. We knew that when they said – you know, the Glazers said, we're putting in $120 million. 100. Now, not every owner does that, but we know ultimately where that money's coming from. It's coming from the fan. So – they raised ticket prices three years in a row and what have they gotten six and ten nine and seven five and eleven now are you is that a better product did they did they merit the increase no hell to the no but they did it and that's and you and you know what that fan can choose just like the bucks chose to raise prices they can choose not to buy the product Mm -hmm. Uh but but it's still the it's still the bucks tickets and whether you you know whether these lawsuits I know there's lawsuits filed against the bucks and, and there has been case law on their side and they know it and that's why they're doing it because it's been proven in court many many times that that seat over there belongs to that football team or to that hockey team or to that baseball team and they can deny anybody if it's not because of race sex color creed all those you know you know federally guaranteed reasons why you can't discriminate if it's just simply, we don't like who you're selling the ticket to, that's their seat, and they can, they, can with, they can decide not to sell you a ticket if they choose not to. Um, so we'll see how that goes in the court. And, 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 look, we've written columns about it. A lot of people are upset about the Bucks doing it. I've had people call and say, you know, we just can't get there. We, you know, but, they, but the Bucs are smart about it. Like, they're not going after the casual fan that can't make a game or sold them to their friends in Detroit mm-hmm. for one home game. They're going after the people that are systematically well, doing this year after year.
0: Sure, but when, uh, and getting back to our conversation earlier when I said, well, if, if you're a hockey fan you sold four games, you're going to take my tickets away? And you said, sure. That was your first reaction. I now, said yes. Now, I for, would. But, but for instance, too, and, and all these teams do this, too, is the Bucks sent out their season ticket renewal request before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. The schedule doesn't even come out till April. You're buying tickets. You may have already had plans on some day that you don't. You're well, taking. you might. So you're going to punish me because on a forty yeah, well, game. Well, I mean, you're going to miss a,
1: if you miss a game or two. But I mean, I'm not going to let you sell. Them. Here's what I said, and this might be unique to hockey because I can do it in football a little easier. I'm not going to let you sell Toronto tickets. I'm not going to let you sell
0: Detroit tickets. I might have to limit it to four teams. So like, what happens when I just give them to a buddy? Mm, it's not on t- or, or or I know somebody a friend. I'm okay. Friend you know what? I'm almost, okay. it, it never, I'm almost okay. I'm almost okay if you it, give it them never goes it. on a ticket exchange. You you know, and somebody else is in my seat. I still, night. but see that's the thing. That's where the
1: other part has to come in. That's where the lightning and, and other teams have to figure out who's in that seat because that ticket has a fingerprint. You say I don't know who I'm giving it to but i will know who's sitting there
0: what happens and what happens when i buy season tickets but it's actually four different people going in and splitting the splitting the season in quarters you're going to punish me for that that i take a quarter of the tickets my depends. buddy takes a quarter but you don't know that it's my name's on the season ticket plan
1: right i'm holding you responsible though if I, if I, if i end up with you're a gonna, bunch you're of people gonna wearing, punish wearing, four wearing fans sweaters. For that. i think
0: that's bad business you're going to punish four, four sweaters. but you of fans know what
1: also that. is bad you know what's bad business is Having a freaking arena turned into to a, a home advantage home disadvantage that's bad business it just is i look I think it's a bad market. you want to be honest I think Tampa Bay has is, is suffers from a lot of a lot of the Florida same thing that Miami suffers from no one's from here
0: it's, but it's there comes it's, it a takes point generations to fix that. But at, I mean Atlanta, genera- Atlanta Atlanta has the same issue. Same thing. It's, it's, it's ahead of us by a generation or two, and it's becoming a better market than what this is because it grew faster and, and, and started earlier with the sports teams from the Braves mm-hmm. and, and that. It, it's, look at what Atlanta is, and that's becoming a better sports mm-hmm. town every year, every generation. The same things, but still here. a transient. It, still a very it, transient it city in the is. south. It absolutely is. Nashville is probably time. that way, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, not Nashville. I don't know. Well, and their teams are all pretty young, so it's it's yeah, yeah it, it's the same. Although I don't think it's quite as transient that. But look yeah. at what Atlanta—it's it, becoming a better sports town every year. Every couple years, it gets better and better. That's what this market is becoming too. It just takes time. It's not something that turns around in five years. It takes generations.
1: It's been how many years for the Lightning now? Twenty-five. It's
0: Twenty-fifth anniversary.
1: Okay, the Bucks have played for 40 some, 41 years, but here, here's, and the Rays have played for 25, and all of them hasn't changed a bit. But here's Not
0: here's, one bit. has not gotten better. Here's the thing that happens with this, okay? And, 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 and I know because I worked with the Atlanta Braves, and they've, they've told me some of this too, is that the Atlanta Braves really became Atlanta's team when they started winning. So while mm-hmm. they came to Atlanta in 66, 67, whatever, it was right around that time. It wasn't really until 91 that they became Atlanta's team okay and and so but it and was, they won for 10 years but, but it was those kids five six seven eight year olds in 91 that then atlanta became their favorite team now they're all it adults. wasn't yeah. it wasn't boston it wasn't this so when i worked up there in the middle of 2000 2005 those kids were now 18 19 20 21 they were now buying tickets and going to games and they were An increase of younger fans at games, buying mm-hmm. tickets. So they because, started losing again. <laughs> they grew up, but they grew up as Braves fans,
1: and, right?
0: And and I wasn't here in 08, but from mm-hmm. everything I've been told, I got here in two thousand ten at Tampa. That right. kids at little league fields in that before two thousand eight, you wore red. They were Sox all wearing. My son, and, did, my son's whatever.
1: a perfect example. He, he's twenty three years old. he's going to be this month, and you know, in when they went to the World Series, he was a young kid. That was his team. He wore Longoria jerseys until I don't know through high school. Yeah. After um, 2008, but the thing is, it changed. Where are all those people? Why aren't they buying tickets? If you still got ten thousand season ticket holders, okay. I mean, so maybe they're
0: not quite in their jobs yet. But, well, if you're you know, five, if you're five at 2008, now you're. I mean, he's 23. He's well, not buying season uh, tickets. Well, I realized, but but forget season tickets. But you know, I, hey, I'll go More on a Friday tickets. night and purchase a game and this that and the. It's it, it, it t- still it, ain't t- t- happening, but though. it takes time. It's, what my point is is that it takes time and winning helps, and. The but you got a team. A you
1: got a team in the Lightning that can't win any more than they've done this year,
0: and they're sold out every game. Yeah, but they're sold out with what fans? Mostly Lightning fans. Mostly, that's sad.
1: <laughs> well, it's mostly. There's eighteen thousand. Mostly Lightning fans. I mean, I, Welcome to Amelie Arena with eighteen thousand mostly Lightning fans I, I here wanna, tonight.
0: I mean I you know, I don't know if there's <laughs> if there's Toronto fans that live here that decide that, you know, th they're just because they love hockey. And so they're Lightning fans for, you know, thirty nine sure the home do. games and two games they root for Toronto. I I I, I, I still I, think
1: I still think that there were more people that that probably aren't just Pulling on their Toronto sweaters for one game. I, I think they're from Toronto. I think they're oh, from Canada. Oh, I Especially this time of year and I think they're they they target for this time of year. Too.
0: Sure. It, who wouldn't want to be down here this time of year? Yeah. Well, and they're already down so, here for the Blue Jays and, and Dunedin, and, you know, it makes yeah. perfect sense. So I get it.
1: It's a perfect storm. I just would be upset. Maybe I'm more upset than Jeffrey Vinnick, who probably really won. Well, it, in if, the playoffs, was, the Lightning have the policy. You have to have a, a Florida zip code to buy tickets. Okay, why do you do that just during the uh, playoffs? Why not do it during the regular season?
0: Well, most of their tickets in the regular season are sold to season ticket holders, so they know where okay, those guys so, are from.
1: I mean, well, let's say you have to be from here seven one seven two seven eight one three or, or uh, whatever Orlando is. I suppose they I'm could just do saying, that. like I, I would figure this out, Jeffrey Vennick, Sure, we will sit down. You can call me. We will figure this out. And the Bucks are going like, why'd you write all those columns and about us doing it? I, I look, I. <laughs> I get it. I it's not. A place. I agree not with a you. I thing. wish
0: it was all lightning fans. I, I don't disagree with you. But, but you know what I
1: mean. But, like but, it's just where else does this happen? It happens Miami, in lots of places.
0: Hey, Arizona. Hey, I'm I'm I, I I went to school at Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay. Every time the Steelers are in town, that stadium is more Steelers than the Bengals.
1: What every that time. now? Why is that? Why is that?
0: Because the Bengal fans sell their tickets to the Steelers fans. So they
1: get paid for the rest of the season. No, because they know they're going to get their ass kicked by a Pittsburgh well, fan and they don't want to go and watch them get their butts kicked. That too, but
0: but I mean it happens it happens all Why the time. Why would you do that?
1: Uh
0: look, I tell you where it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen in Philly. Go, go look at the NFL. Doesn't happen in Pittsburgh. Okay, watch watch a Pittsburgh watch a Pittsburgh Steelers game anywhere in the country. There are tons well, of Well, they have, have a great traveling everywhere. fan base. Uh, well, yeah. You're gonna tell me because they won all those years? Well, it's it's for a lot. Uh, that's probably a lot of it, but I'm just saying that it happens. It it, it happens more here, but it it happens everywhere. Florida's terrible. Florida's terrible for that. They're renowned for that.
1: Bring us. You're tired. You're poor. You're fans. We don't care where you're from. Just buy a ticket.
0: I don't know. That's just me. Well, and, I don't. I mean, all right. You have a whole economy built on tourism too, which means you have people from all over the country coming here. Right. Great, and so you know when you travel, they want to go see a game. Do you ever travel anywhere and go to a ball game? I do all the time. Rarely,
1: but I I have. Look, I got in trouble. But I, and here's okay. Here's an example. I was in Chicago. We got time for all this. <laughs> I swear, we're getting to the one of the greatest games of the it's season. It's a podcast.
0: Right? We got as much time as you'd like.
1: <laughs> okay. I was uh, covering the Bucks, and a uh, hundred years ago. Well, this will tell you how long ago it was as in we were in Chicago and somehow or other, it was the opening night of the NBA season and the Bulls had just won their third championship the previous season so on opening night what happens you get your you get your world championship rings okay it's a big deal welcome back your world champion Chicago Bulls you know so Jordan was playing, and I, and I believe this was an unbelievable matchup. They were playing the 76ers. And I want to say Allen Iverson and Jerry Stackhouse were playing their first games, you know, like something like that. So somehow I found out that there were tickets through the Bucks, and my friend and I were up in Chicago screwing around before the game, and we said, hey, is there any way? Is there any way? Yeah, I think we might have two tickets for you. I was like, great. Went to Will Call, got the tickets, sat up behind the basket, way up, you know, pretty high up. But the first ten thousand people got commemorative replica rings, championship rings with the like three little, mm-hmm. you know, hoops on them and everything. They're pretty cool rings. I mean, they were you know, I don't not, not like the actual ring, but they were they were cool. So we're sitting up there. We got there early. We got we got one of the ten thousand rings in twenty-five thousand seat stadium or whatever. This is at the the uh, United Center, not the old Chicago Stadium. And Jordan comes out and everybody's getting their ring. It's a big night. And these two people sit down. And they heard us talking because we're not from there. And they didn't get a ring because they, they couldn't get in the building. They were a little late, okay? The 10,000 rings were gone. And we're sitting here admiring our Chicago Bull rings that we're not really Chicago Bull fans, but what the hell. They wanted to kill us, and I got it. Like, I was like, I almost gave them the ring. I didn't. But they were so incensed that, A, we were at that game. Like, like how did you get a ticket? I want to know how, who, who gave you this ticket. How did you? Yeah, get we need in to revoke game?
0: their season tickets and take them away. That's what they wanted to do. That's
1: exactly what they wanted to do. Even though we were in the rafters, and I'm sure that the Bulls, for whatever reason, had a couple for the Buccaneer organization. They do that stuff, you know, where they try to be polite to each other from a cross mm-hmm. cross franchise. Um, but it was just two jabronis like us sitting up there, and we about got killed. Um, and you know what? I would have understood it because. We were interlopers, man. But you don't have that feeling. You don't have that feeling here in Tampa at all, you know, from anybody. It's like, eh, whatever. Sounds good. All right, so let's talk about this great game because it was one of their better comebacks that uh, they've ever had. And uh, nobody left the building, especially because, well, because Toronto fans thought they were going to win. Uh, and they thought they were going to win probably 3 to nothing, which is what the score was. They didn't play a great first period, to say the least. Um, got down pretty quick, uh, as you mentioned. We talked a little bit about this: the, the power play. Um, there was a six-on-five first, and then then a power play after that. And the penalty kill has not been one of their strong suits, so maybe not a big surprise there. And then Tyler Johnson has a turnover. Zach Hyman scores, so it's three nothing. And you know, I think I think the big key in this in this turnaround, Steve, was the fact that Victor Hedman uh scores with about three minutes to go in the second period that was a huge goal for them right yeah
0: now. and it was a minute or two after their third goal so they didn't have the three goal lead for a long time uh, that's right you know it was quickly after that which which helped that um but yeah he scored that goal kind of gave them a little momentum and their forecheck really started to work after that point It kind of gave them some jump and it seemed like all night they were a half step to a step behind Michigan kept saying that on on the radio seems like they're just a half step to a step behind on their forecheck. And after that goal, they, their skating really stepped up. And then
1: John Cooper said after the game, he was talking about how when they went to that third period, there was really not a lot of panic in the room. The guys were talking about, hey, this would be a great one to come back and win. Um, you know, They, they felt fairly, fairly confident. And what was stunning was sort of how quickly they got back in this game. I mean, um, between the time that – you know, Victor Hebben scores his goal until they tie it up. I think uh, about seven minutes off the clock had elapsed, um, you know, between the three minutes to go in the second period, and then by the time they tied it up. So, um, you know, great play tonight. Uh, we saw Ryan McDonough. I think he was their first star. Um, yeah, he had you know, a really good had, game. I thought he had Anthony Sorelli and Adam Earns had really terrific. good games. That, that whole line yeah. was
0: fantastic tonight.
1: That was the line, no doubt about it. And how about Sorelli kid, though, man? Was he played like ten games? He's a plus four already. He's he just he's just making plays.
0: And they, they put him on the penalty kill, which shows you how much trust they have in him. Normally, younger mm-hmm. players coming up like that, um, you know, they're they're known for the offense, but the defense and the trust of from the coaches of re- defensive responsibility takes time. Mm-hmm. And they put him on the penalty kill from the beginning, and he's done very well.
1: Yeah, I mean, just very impressive. And um, they get a goal off the skate, uh, you know, an angle shot by Nikita Kucherov. Uh, and, then, and then, how finally, many times
0: has Phil Esposito said, "If you listen on the radio, shoot oh, the yeah. puck, shoot the puck." You never know there. what's going to happen when you put the puck on net, which is what Nikita Kucherov did. It went off the Toronto mm-hmm. player skate right through the five hole. Yep,
1: perfect, perfect. And then finally, Alex Kalorn. Uh, we mentioned Anthony Sorelli uh, had the, had a great pass to him, um, and you know, it, look, I it was it was explosive. And what's the deal with Kalorn now? I looked up. They said Kalorn has now scored for him, a, a, uh, I guess, a
0: career very best. High. 42, 42 points.
1: 42 points. I swear a week and a half ago, he was sitting here with five goals and hadn't done anything. We're talking about, what you know, they should try to get rid of this guy.
0: It's been more than a week and a half, but yes, he's been on I a, know, but it feels long. that way.
1: Mm-hmm. He's he's on five, and But he's always kind of been, correct me if I'm wrong, he's always kind of been this late, late uh, season playoff guy, right? I well, mean, playoffs,
0: he's, he's, he's done very well in the playoffs, and that's why most people think he got the contract he got. Um, right the seven years at uh, five, five million a million. year yeah. or something yeah yeah and the no trade clause as well as part of that but he's always done well then he and Tyler Johnson this year have been kind of uh kind of struggled and and you know if you remember they started Streaky, this, right well they started the season on a line with just those two and then a rotating player is the third they, they kind of mm-hmm. started they started the season playing eleven seven. And they were the third line, but it was just the two of them, and they would rotate players in. And they never really got going as that. I mean, the team did, but they didn't really find that chemistry yet with it. And then they've kind of been – they've been moved around a lot of different lines. And depending on who they're with has kind of determined whether they've been productive, especially on the stat sheet more than, you know, overall. But, um, you know, Kalorn's always done well in the penalty kill and things like that. But – um, it's kind of been a struggle for both of them, depending on, you know, what lines they get moved up. But Tyler Johnson goes from the third line to the first, to the second, back to the third, all over the place. Yeah. Clorn kind of the same too. And it's been kind of a struggle may not be the right word that I'm looking for there, but, um, you know, they kind of very become very streaky because of who they're playing with. That makes sense. I
1: mean, there's no continuity. So they're, they're certainly, certainly adapting to, to a lot of different players, Um, Andre Vasilevsky gets his uh, 41st win. That's a franchise record. I mean, think about that. Your first full season of starting, you set a franchise record. What are you, 23 years old? Is that right? Yeah, and
0: he's been their MVP this year, no question about
1: it. Oh, no question about that. Even even tonight, I mean, you know, some of the goals he gave up, you really couldn't say much about it. But uh, if there was some bad news, it was that Ryan Callahan uh, looks like he's going to be out, what, a few weeks. He got an upper body injury. You know, he got that getting tangled up a little bit on his own.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of a mm-hmm. uh, kind of after the play, and they were kind of t- mm-hmm. they were tussling back and forth, and all of a sudden it looked like his shoulder. Um, looked like a shoulder to me. That's why was it's kind of like a, as he went a, off a collarbone,
1: bone, but yeah, it looked like a shoulder. Yeah, I don't know if he so. separated
0: it or collarbone or you know what it might be. Cooper was hopeful it wouldn't be long, but said probably not this road trip, which they go mm-hmm. to uh, New York and New Jersey for Thursday and Saturday in the middle of a snowstorm.
1: <laughs> yeah, the fourth nor'easter up there. I wouldn't want to be flying into that, but. That's where they're headed. Any concern, like if you're a Lightning fan, there was a point in this game, and and we can talk about what kind of bounce they might get out of a game like this. But you know, at one point, if you include the Boston game, they had been outscored six to one, but by the Bruins and the Maple Leafs, two teams that are headed to the playoffs. Any concern at that point that you're like, mm, you guys, you know, when you step up in class lately, you just really haven't stepped up.
0: Well, I, I think there was concern against Boston for sure because I, I didn't think they played as hard as Boston or as well. Um, mm-hmm. Although you know when you really look at the end of the day, Boston scored two power play goals. so even sure. strength it was one nothing in that in
1: that game. but um, Boston had four of their main players out essentially. Yeah,
0: okay. was, yeah and they were definitely shorthanded. Toronto didn't have Austin Matthews tonight. Um, he's That's been out for one. about 10 games but mm-hmm. uh, you know but I you know when the lightning or when they're four checking and playing their game, I mean early in the game, it looked like they, they were they weren't skating and, and if you really looked at it, it was a lot of bad passes. I mean every, you know when they pass tape to tape, they're hard to stop, but when yeah. the passes are in the skates, which is the f- whole first period, it seemed like every pass was at somebody's skates, yeah. and, and so you're stopping trying to. to you couldn't get it past. out of the zone. Yeah, yeah you couldn't get yeah. out of the zone. Uh, you know, I think John Cooper said, you know, how many passes was it taking to get out? He's like, oh, we're doing
1: our thing with sixteen passes to get across the blue line. Yeah, uh,
0: but when they skate, when they when they have that intensity, that fire to them, they're a tough team to beat because they well, you generally said. generally they have more talent than in the other team, any team they're playing. You said
1: it, it was intensity. The, the second part of that game, or especially the third period, that might have been one of the best periods they played all year, but they were buzzing. Like, they were hitting everything. They were finishing everything. They were just hustling. You know what I mean? They were throwing the puck deep. They were keeping it down there. Uh, you know, it was just, it was almost a playoff. It felt like, uh, you know, watching them come back, it felt like, well, this game matters. Like, they're playing as if this really was a, was a very important game. And they're going to have to kind of get in that mode because it's not going to be long before, you know, you can find yourself in, 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 in the playoffs and you can't just flip the switch. You need to be playing your best hockey. And that's what kind of what Cooper said tonight is, like, We're this is a process we're kind of trying to get to where when we get to the postseason we're playing our best hockey. And that period is their best hockey. I mean, that's, that's what they're capable of. That's how they can play. Now they've got to figure out if they can do that. Because you know this, Steve, too, you, you know, whoever they draw in the first round, okay, Let's say it's New Jersey, whoever it is. If you lose that first game, you know, and you're trailing in the second, I mean, all of a sudden, you could be out of the playoffs before you even knew what hit you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to go down 2-0 to anybody. So, um, you know, they they need to sort of have some urgency. And, and and I imagine it's maybe it's tough this time of year, but you'd like to see them play against the playoff teams because they, they may see Toronto again.
0: And, well, more know, than likely, assuming the Lightning finish in first place, you're going to see Boston right. or Toronto in the second round if you advance. Right. Those are I mean, going to be tough you know, games. Or maybe. if you're the second seed, then you're going to face one of those teams in the first round and maybe the other yeah. one in the second round. Right.
1: Well, you hope you don't see Boston until the, till the championship because – Well, no, it would be the second look. round.
0: It would be the second yes, round? the way Please. the, the seeding goes is the top three in your division are in the same okay. set of four pods. So Look, um, there's there, nobody harder than them for those guys, Right. Well, definitely, definitely playing in Boston. That's kind of a house of horrors for the Lightning and always has always been. Always has been, yeah. So that's one of right. the reasons you want to finish ahead of Boston is you don't want to have to have a game seven in Boston. In Boston, right. If you can avoid it. You'd rather have that. If you're going to get to a game seven against them in the second round, you'd rather have it here. Yeah.
1: Well, this, this might give them a bounce. I mean, they they played very, very well. We'll see what happens when they go on this road trip, uh, which is going to be a tough one. But uh, at least they finish up the homestand the right way and, Send all those Maple Leaf fans that filled up Emily Arena home unhappy.
0: So I work in the press box and talking to a couple of the uh, TV production guys after the game. Uh, they mentioned right. that the Toronto announcers were getting awful cocky in that second period when they went up through <laughs> Were they? Think. Oh, yes. I'll bet. Yes. Oh, well, they should be.
1: Yeah, yes. I bet they were confident. Saying,
0: saying this team isn't going to do very well in the playoffs. This team meaning the Tampa Lightning, Bay. The Lightning, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And apparently one of the t- production guys after it was a tie game or maybe after it may have been after the game was over. I'm not sure when the timing was, and told the announcers that the uh talk of our demise early demise is premature and they were not very happy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, them and a lot of other Toronto fans tonight. That's that's the second time that I've seen Toronto take not not a three oh lead, but I was at like I said, the one the game that I went to a couple weeks ago. Toronto was up in that one as well, and the lightning came back. So it's got to be now. All of a sudden, if you see Toronto, that's you know that's a thing for Toronto now. That like, what is it with these guys? We can't put them away. Um, so that, that might be something that gets into uh, into into the Leafs head. I don't know. You hope so. Yeah, pretty interesting. Well, anyway, uh, listen, we we're glad you joined us. This was a lot of uh, a lot of lightning talk, a lot of my ranting. Uh well, the rays Steve, were rained uh, out, so can't, well, can't talk true. rays. No, we're still a day or so away from uh, the March Madness resuming. So we have this little little period here where we can go all lightning. And we should because they're the best team in Tampa Bay. And even though they should be drawing all lightning fans, they, they don't always do that. But um, thanks for tolerating uh, our, our rants and Steve talking me off the ledge about this. But, hey, Jeffrey Venick, I'm available. If we need to figure this whole thing out, uh, we can do that. So uh, join us each and every day if you can. And uh, you can always communicate with us. I put some stuff out during Twitter during a game, get some feedback from some folks. we love that. You can reach us on Twitter at SportsdayTV. Yes, you, me, you, at, you asked Stratton. what's
0: wrong with the Lightning, and then they was tied, and they said nothing.
1: <laughs> I know. And then, you know, that always happens too. It's like, concerned? They've been outscored six to one. Hey, what do you think? Talk to me. And everybody's like, shut up. You know, watch the game, idiot. All right, all right. I get it. JP Peterson did that on the radio the other day. He started like just killing Leonard Hamilton in Florida State. They came back and won. So the moral <laughs> of the story is wait till the game's
0: over, jerk.
1: Um, hey, quit, I get Quit it, writing a so.
0: story before the game's over.
1: Well, but, but that's what we writer. have to do. This is what we have to do. And it, Hey, can I tell you about the Super Bowls where I had three stories up the last three games? Uh, it's brutal that way. Um, but anyway, we want you to rate and review this podcast if you get a chance. You can do that everywhere. Steve, where can they do that?
0: You can get these podcasts anywhere you listen. So whether it's iTunes or Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or, of course, TampaBay.com sports always has the latest episodes.
1: Well, we look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. For Steve Verstake, have a great day, everybody.